Hello, I'm David Sparks, and welcome to The Automators, where Rosemary Orchard and I spend our time teaching you how to make your technology do your bidding for you. Hi, Rose. Hey, David Sparks. How are you? I am great. It's uh, it's the end of the year. Kind of mm-hmm. a, a short episode. We wanted to do just kind of a little short, let's share a few automations episode. We know it's the holidays and people are off doing things, but um, but we wanted to come to you this week anyway, so here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And we thought it would be great just to, you know, talk about a couple of those automations that we've got in our lives that are really making things easier and more fun for us. Um, And, you know, just being useful, even like the little things that we don't really think about all that much. I've been trying to like think really hard for those because, you know, that's the sort of things that, you know, people actually end up finding the most useful. So here we are. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go, Rose. Let's do this. You want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, So I have uh, a couple of devices which produce their own Wi-Fi network, and then they've got like an app on your phone that you open um, and like it talks to the device. Um, So, you know, some of them are like uh, little cameras and so on so that you can, you know, view something, but you don't have to like hook it up to another Wi-Fi network. Um, My Nintendo Switch is another obvious example of this. Um, And, um, you know, I've got a a DJI um, Osmo uh, Pocket um, which does the same sort of thing where it's got its Wi-Fi network and you can connect to it to download the photos and open, uh, you know, and, and control the camera. Um, and so um, I have been setting up little shortcuts automations for these. So whenever I connect to the Wi-Fi network for those devices, it just opens the app. It's really simple. It's a one-step automation. I didn't even bother making this into a shortcut that I made into an automation. I just opened the darn app. Um, but you know what? It makes my life so much easier because all I have to do is open the control center, long press on the Wi-Fi symbol and select the Wi-Fi network. As of course, these, these networks don't have internet. So iOS is going to prioritize literally anything else it can above connecting to these Wi-Fi networks by default. Um, but yeah, I tap on it and it'll, you know, open, you know, the webpage, um, or whatever to, um, connect to these things or, um, you know, the, the app to, to connect to the camera or whatever it is. And that makes my life so much easier. And I've been doing this for me, but I've also done this for my parents because they've got a couple of, you know, health gadgets and so on that it can like sync the data to their devices. Um, But yeah, they were having a little difficulty walking through the whole steps. So I have uh, set it up so that whenever they connect to the Wi-Fi network, it will automatically open the apps for them um, and do the same for me. And honestly, it's very simple, very basic, but so useful. And it just saves me a couple of taps, like remembering what is the name of this app thing anyway? I don't need to do it, deal with that anymore. I feel like the open app trigger is a very rich vein of automation that I think a lot of people don't take advantage of because you can use it so many, I mean, there's two different ways to use it. Uh, first of all is like if you're doing something and every time you do that thing, you want this app in front of you, then why not just have it open the app? But I think the flip side of it is even probably easier to automate for people because you're opening the app already and using the app opening action as a trigger oh, yeah. uh, can, can be just so powerful. Like if, let's say, um, I'm a big fan of focus modes on the iPhone. I think they really can make a difference because you know these things are interruption devices. Um, we need to live our lives without them owning us. And like, let's say you like to read a book every evening. Well, what if every time you open the Kindle app or the Apple Books app, your phone just kind of went into a secluded mode and and notifications were cut off except from all except the most very important people in your life. And like all that 
all that noise just went away and you can just read the book on your on your phone and it's not going to interrupt you. I mean, people buy Kindles because they're like, well, I like it because it's a unitasker and it's a device where it just allows me to read words and it doesn't interrupt me. But, you know, if you use that trigger of saying every time I open the Kindle app, turn off everything, well, then you just turn your phone into a unitasker device when you're in Kindle. And it's a very easy automation. And I think I wish more people would try it. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's it's one of those things where it can be a little difficult to, to wrap your head around, you know, that this whole idea is as a beginning point um, to start with, just because, you know, it is, you know, your phone can do so many things now and your iPad can do the same. And it doesn't matter which device you're you're doing these automations on, you know, and you should probably experiment with doing them on multiple devices. Um, but having the ability to just do a thing when that app opens, you know, when I open certain apps, I disable or it rather, uh, yeah, no, I disable rotation lock because usually I have rotation lock on so that my phone doesn't randomly flip between portrait and landscape if I'm holding it at a slightly wonky angle or whatever. Um, but there are some apps that I need landscape access for. Um, and so I, you know, I have that enabled via the open app action. So whenever I open those apps, that landscape is, you know, uh, enabled for them. And then when I close the app, it goes away and it, it's locked again. And that just makes my life a lot easier. So it's definitely worth looking into both, you know, the the connecting to Wi-Fi triggers for, for some things um, and then opening an app as a consequence or connecting to a Bluetooth device and opening an app as well. You can do that for, you know, headphones and so on, like Sony headphones and so on have their own app that you may want to open. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's plenty of options there. With just uh, you know two simple shortcuts actions. Yeah, I, I just think the the whole app opening as a trigger and as an action is is underutilized, and uh, I would encourage you if you're listening to think about that. Maybe there is a a trigger you can connect to that. I, I've got a a, a year end automation here that is the mm-hmm. world's simplest automation. I'm not even sure if this qualifies as an automation, but in my head it does. Okay, go for it. This is the problem. Uh, at at I try at four o'clock each day to stop and answer email and check social media and do all that stuff. Um, I have the opposite problem of most of the world. You know, a lot of people get hung up on this stuff where they can't get out of the inbox and they can't get it, you know, out of uh, TikTok or whatever. Mm-hmm. My problem is the opposite. I just never want to check any of that stuff. I like making stuff. I just don't. You know, email to me is the last thing I want to deal with as well as social media and stuff like that to such an extent that it causes a problem. So I decided I'm going to give myself um, uh, permission to not look at any of this stuff all day. But every day at four o'clock, you know, 1600, I'm going to spend an hour and get through as much of it as I can and make that like the dedicated hour of communications. So Rose, how do I get myself to do that? I have tried all these automations over the years. Like I have, I did one where at four o'clock my HomePod would yell at me because you can do that now. You can send a text message yeah, your HomePod and it'll read it to you. And like I have this this light strip around my desk and it would turn red and like it was like the bridge of the Starship Enterprise and the Klingons just showed up and it was time for me to do comms. Uh, but guess what? If I'm not at my desk, it didn't matter, right? And then, yeah. and then it, I'd come in here, and the lights would be red, and that would make me mad. So I, that really, that was an automation that didn't really work for me, even though it should have, right? In terms of getting mm-hmm. me to do the comps, I've tried all these different techniques, and what I've settled on the last three or four months is, and this is where I'm not sure if it's automation, but 
every day at four o'clock, there's a standing alarm on my Apple watch and my wrist taps. So no matter where I am, it just taps and it does say, Hey, calms time, you know, whatever. It's got a little message, but the, um, but every day at four o'clock, it goes off six days a week. So that, that is my new automation. And that's the best one so far in terms of making me stop and, and deal with email. It's just a little alarm on my wrist. So is that a is that a faker automation? I think it might be. I'm not sure. I mean, I think this the thing is is you need you need a solution here that's going to get you to do the thing. And yeah. you could have uh, an automation on your phone that says, "Hey, when this alarm goes off, open TikTok." Um or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. maybe not TikTok, maybe Ivory or something so you could go on yeah. Mastodon or similar. Um but um you know, if th- that can be quite interruptive. Um as somebody who does have automations that open certain apps, uh, yeah. automatically at various points, you know, I I have to be very careful with those because the number of times when I was first setting these up that I would just be like, yeah, sure. So like, just interrupt whatever I'm doing. It's fine. Um, Go ahead and open like th- this app for me. Yeah. And then it would be like, no, I was in the middle of like, I scanned a QR code. I'd mostly fill out the form. Like I'd almost completed my dinner order and now I have to go through and do the whole thing again. Because, uh, yeah, I was at a restaurant the other day. For some reason, weirdly enough, by the way, you scan the QR code and the menu worked there. If you tapped on the little icon and opened it in Safari, nah, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't actually place an order. Everything was unavailable. So weird. Yeah, see, and that, that was one version of this for me. I had it where uh, it just shut down everything on my screen and just let out and yeah. opened, you know, the email app. And But that was that was kind of insane in hindsight, you know, (laughs) I I think it really depends on like how critical something is, because if something is absolutely critical, like you must drop absolutely everything else, regardless of what you're doing to deal with this thing, then by all means have something take over your phone. But if there is a possibility, even like a 10%, 15%, 20% possibility that whatever else you're doing at that moment could be more important then the thing that you wanted to do at that time and the thing that you wanted to do at that time could be pushed back by 15, 20 minutes, then, yeah, I think using the just open an app at this time automations um, can be a little bit tricky. So, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's one of those things where I it, I it almost makes me wonder, Apple, we're kind of slow to implement, um, you know, automation, like proper automation for all of the other triggers, but they were really gung-ho happy of, yeah, sure, at this specific time, your phone could just go off and do this thing for you. And it's like, yeah, I feel like that one is the one that's most likely to backfire on a user, to be honest. Like connecting to this Wi-Fi network or that Wi-Fi network or a Bluetooth device doesn't feel as uh, likely to trigger and have an accidental unintended consequence. Yeah, it's like uh, if you lived on the lost island, that would be important, right? You had to type in those numbers every 38 minutes or whatever. Well, that, okay. But otherwise, yeah, so that was an automation I did. And and honestly, just make a a watch alarm. As silly as it sounds, I feel like it's an automation because it's got my brain now kind of wired. And when it goes off, I say, okay, I I need to do that. And that doesn't mean I'm going to drop everything in this moment, but it's enough that it works. And I don't even really need a snooze. So that, that seems to have been working for me. But, you know, we, we've all got to figure out our own way in this struggle sometimes. Yes, definitely. And I think that that is the thing with automation. You know, just because I've got a thing that works for me doesn't mean that it will work for you or for somebody listening to the show. But hopefully between the ideas that we have, there are some things that will trigger something that just, oh, yeah, that could make my life a little bit easier, actually. 
Um, and uh, speaking of making life a little bit easier, uh, I've made getting home easier, David. Um, so I have added some home automations for when I arrive home. Um, and um, I've been tweaking with these, playing with these for a while. And um, what I've done, because I'm using Home Assistant, it's quite easy to set a little bit of a delay on it. Um, and so when I'm arriving home, um, I have it just wait for a couple of minutes so it doesn't immediately start on everything. Um, but what it what will happen is my... So I have uh, some vertical blinds in front of the door that I use to go in and out because I use my patio doors to come in and out. And so they're vertical, so they rotate, um, you know, and then they they open. They have a, an opening in the middle. Um, and so I would like them to be open when I go to go through the patio doors because otherwise I open the patio door and go to walk in and you get trapped in the blind and you're there waving your arms around going, nah, I'm stuck in the blind. Uh, maybe not. Um, I'm usually a bit cleverer than that, but it can be quite annoying if you've got, you know, bags full of shopping or something, having to press buttons and wait. Um, and the whole point of having blinds that are on automation things is that they can be automated. So I have it wait just a couple of minutes after, you know, I'm arriving home. Um, and then it will rotate the blinds back so that they are perpendicular to the door and then open them in the middle. Because if you open them when they're you know, off to like off at an angle, then they kind of stick out a little bit into the room. Sure. Um, and in front of the doorway. Um, and so, you know, that happens. Um, and then, um, you know, obviously, uh, this time of year, it's pretty dark. So I've been fine tuning what the definition of dark is for my living room. Um, and you might be thinking, well, dark is easy to define, right? If the sun's down, it's dark. Yes, but it is dark before the sun goes down. Um, and it's not just, you know, when the sun is at this point in the sky, it could be to do with how many clouds there are um, and, you know, just time of year, all sorts of things. So I have got a light sensor, which I've been moving around my living room a little bit to try and figure out the best place for and logging the light levels. Um, and so it basically it checks if the light levels are low and if the light levels are. Um, so I have uh, basically um, three categories. I do not need lights. I need some lights. I need all the lights, all the lighting, please, immediately. Um, and so if I do not need lights, no lights come up. I need some lighting. Uh, then I have uh, a little up lighter come on and then I have some nano leaf light panels come on. And they don't come on very brightly. They come on to about 25%. Um, it's just a nice way to come home. And if it's all the lights, please, then the up lighter comes on, nano leaf light panels come on. They still only come on at about 50% just because I don't need to be blinded by them. And then the overhead lights come on as well. Um, and I've just been futzing around playing with this, but the the light sensor and figuring out what what is bright, what is dim and what is dark um, for me has made a huge difference because it just feels, you know, when I'm coming home, it's comfortable every yeah. time. Like there's there's no sense of I'm walking into a dark room and ugh, like, you know, anything could be in here. I mean, I know that thing's in there. Worst case scenario, a spider snuck in as I was leaving, um, in which case it's going to get booted out of the house ASAP. Um, and if it doesn't, adhere to my stranger requests and requirements then it may have to deal with a vacuum cleaner which is its own fault for not listening in the first place um but yeah i've just been futzing around with that and it makes it so much nicer um and you know i i previously had something set up and it was hooked on you know when i hit the open garage door button in carplay which would open the blinds and you know um you know unlock the door for me but i've set it up now so it's just you know it's just attached to me arriving home and then if i leave home you know, if I walk home and then just get in the car and drive off, um, then everything goes off again anyway. So it's working out quite nicely. Okay. I'd like to kind of go a little deeper on that part, like how it knows you're around to trigger it all. Like presumably mm -hmm. if you're out with your friends, the lights don't care what the light sensor is. They just stay off. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they just stay off. 
Yeah. So how does it know whether or not to to go through the routine of turning itself on or not? Well, uh, I just use my location um, as a trigger. So I have the Home Assistant app on my phone, um, and it has a, a, a way of detecting if you're home or away or at another location. Uh, and so when it goes from not home to home, then uh, I just have it trigger. Well, I have it wait a few minutes and then trigger. And it does that by the presence of your phone, correct? Yeah. 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 I See, I find that with Home Assistant, that can work. Uh, with Home Kit, I think it's it's pretty wonky. Oh, yeah. The number of times I've woken up at like, you know, early in the morning to, to go to the bathroom or something, I've glanced at my phone and it's been like, this camera changed um, from stream to stream allow recording because everybody left home. This camera changed from stream allow recording to just streaming because somebody arrived home. And it's like, yeah. I've been lying in bed all night. Yeah. Like, my phone has not moved from its charging dock. What's going on here, HomeKit? Something is up there. Um, so, yeah, I use Home Assistant for that. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I have the buffer on it, because I have to go from my state not being home to my state being home. And my state has to stay home for two minutes before this triggers. Um, and that's something that's quite easy to do with the Home Assistant triggers. Um, it's actually on the trigger. Um, and, uh, yeah, that works nicely for me. Yeah, something that has got much better for me in the last month with no effort on my behalf is my Cara home uh, human presence sensor. Oh, nice. You know, I, I, I have one that's attached to home assistant elsewhere in the house. And I have one in the studio that is the home kit version. You know, the it's yeah. bulkier and slower, but it works with home kit and it just never worked very well. And then just like about a month ago, it started working really well. And I walk in the room, the lights turn on, I walk out of the room, the lights turn off. And, and that's what you need, right? That's what so so many people want out of home automation is just the ability to have the lights turn off and on when they walk in without any effort. And honestly, that has been something that has been quite difficult up until now because these infrared sensors that, you know, the sensors that we were using really weren't appropriate. And like, if you stop moving, then they would turn the lights off while you're still in the room. And Human presence sensors are supposed to solve that problem. That was one of the big things of 2023 is the arrival of these Akara sensors. But I think it must have got itself a hardware, uh, like a firmware update or something, without mm -hmm. me realizing it. Or maybe when Apple HomeKit switched architecture, which it did about two months ago, maybe that's when it got better. But either way, suddenly my Akara HomeKit-enabled human presence sensor just started working. And now when I walk in the room, lights turn on, light, walk, walk out of the room, lights turn off. Very useful. Uh, except when I yep. want to use the room as a studio where I need lighting at a certain level. And then I just turn that, that automation off and I have different automations and, and that is, you know, totally usable for me. And, uh, that, that's been a really nice, uh, thing to have happen to me recently. Yeah, no, that's a, that's really good that it's working. I've got uh, two of the two of the original ones. I've been playing with them and fine tuning them um, because uh, I've been I've been waiting for the right moment, and it's kind of difficult when you've already got a system that works. Um, like I I I I always want to play with the shiny new thing, um, yeah. and so you know I kind of have to restrain myself at times and be like, no, Rose, things are working. If things are working, that means that you leave them alone. You don't just go play with them for three hours and make everything broken. Um, and uh, especially at this time of year, you know, I don't want to be messing with the lighting because there is nothing more dangerous than getting up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and expecting the lights to automatically turn on and then they don't. 
uh, that that is a recipe for tripping over something in the dark, which I have done once. Um, and um, fortunately, I was waiting for this moment, um, not to trip over in the dark, but I was waiting for the battery in my hallway motion sensor, just a standard motion sensor, to go out because I had been messing in my office. My office is the room that I'm allowed to mess with things with as long as I also leave a working solution in, in place. Um, uh, I've been messing with uh, some of the Akara motion sensors. And so I have replaced my battery-powered motion sensor in my hallway with a USB-powered Akara motion sensor, which is the, the FP1 human presence sensor. And uh, I am liking that in my hallway. And uh, I really like the fact that it's not battery-powered, so I don't have to worry about replacing the battery. Uh, at any point, it will just continue working because it's plugged into a USB port and I have some spare USB ports on uh, the plugs in my hallway. So that has been working very nicely for me. So yeah, we'll have to uh, experiment a little bit more with those next year and come back and review those. Yeah, I'm thinking about the same thing for the bathroom upstairs, but they're so expensive. I mean, these things are like 70 or $80. Oh, okay. When I managed to get mine, I think I got them for about 40 euros each. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, I obviously I got them on a good sale. Yeah. Well, hopefully next year they get less expensive. Hopefully, yes. All right, one more. Let's do one more automation um, uh, round together. And uh, I just want to do uh, kind of following up on that 4 o'clock alarm that goes off is mm. what I call the shutdown automation. And so at the end of the day, and after I finish going through with the email and things, I try to shut the day down and go through and make sure everything is, is just kind of ready for the next day. And I push a button on my stream deck and I could do this on the time trigger. Maybe there's better ways to do it, but I, I like the physicality of pushing the button, but then it just runs a keyboard maestro script. Then it does clear out all my windows. It opens up the fantastical on the left side and OmniFocus on the right side. And it sets me up to just finish the day and look at any, you know, unfinished tasks, any, you know, uncompleted events and just kind of gives me a nice clean screen. I also do a little bit of analog journal at the same time. I pull that out, but uh, I really like the idea and we're going to do more on this next year on the show. Uh, but I, this, the idea of these setups and how they help your brain contextually shift so nicely. And uh, one of my favorite ones, we're at the end of the year, so I'm talking about the end of my day. The the shutdown uh, setup script to me is one of my favorite automations because it means I made it to the end of the day and I got my work done. Now I can go play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that is really nice. I have been working at the other end of the day, literally exactly the other end of the day, actually. I have been working on my um, what happens in the morning routine um, and specifically what happens from an automation perspective. So. Um, one of the things I, I have uh, my machine do is it'll uh, close out windows and things. Um, or it, for some applications, it can close out windows. Um, other applications, because I could have stuff that's important open in those applications, it just hides all of the windows. Um, and then it'll, uh, you know, make sure that there are certain applications open and running for me and pop open my task list for the day and so on. Um, and at the same time, it will also uh, assess the light level in my office. Yes, folks, I've been playing a lot with light, light sensors uh, recently, and I've really been fine-tuning my usage of them. Um, and it'll uh, set up the lighting in my office uh, to be nice and warm and cozy, so I'm not immediately thrust into, like, bright blue bluish-white lights. Ah, that, you know, that's first thing in the morning, that's a bit too much for me. Um, so, yeah, it will, it will do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've also been uh, fussing with some things, so... Um, you know, if I uh, 
if I'm likely to be running out of certain items on my shopping list, um, you know, some things just get added on a certain basis automatically, but there are other things where like I'll have them for breakfast. Um, and so I have uh, a little uh, prompt sent to me at like, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning um, after I've added uh, some like, you know, three weeks or so after I've added something to the shopping list saying, hey, do you add this to the shopping list again? Yes or no. Uh, it's just a little list of things in data jar, which I've been playing with. And that's been a real help to my morning routine because it just sort of makes the day smoother. And then at the end of the day, you know, I can see, right, okay, I have a bunch of things on the grocery list. I need to go shopping and I've like, and my list is done because it's been taken care of throughout the day. And when I sit down at my computer in the morning, I can see these are the things that you need to do today for work. And these are the things that you need to do today personally. And here is your agenda for the day. By the way, don't forget, you've got a podcast recording at five o'clock or six o'clock or whatever it is. Um, so having those things popped in front of my face in a not intrusive manner makes it a really nice, easy way to start my day. All right. We're going to keep this one short. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you have a great one uh, for the Automators Max listeners. Rose and I have a couple more automations that are related to New Year's Eve that we want to share with you. So stick around for that. Otherwise, Happy New Year, and we'll see you next time. Have a lovely time, folks, and we look forward to celebrating with more automations next year.